1: Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
2: Thanks for listening to Primetime with Isaac and Souk on Demand, a Service Patriots podcast on Odyssey and 1080 the Fan.
3: Service Patriots is your home for comfort solutions for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at ServicePatriots.com slash the Fan.
4: It's five o'clock. Five o'clock. This is Primetime on Football Friday. 1080 the Fan. We're gonna ring that championship bell! 60 minutes. Let's open up the whole planet and kick ass and kill them all. Let the paramedics sort them out. Ready? Bang. This is a Football Friday edition of Primetime with Isaac and Souk.
1: Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 the Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the ducks, beavers, blazers, and more.
4: 1080
2: The Fan. Hey, things are looking up. Welcome back. It's Robin Souk, although Souk is out. He is um, he's bidding on cars he can't afford in Arizona. He'll be back on Monday. It's me, though. Excited. So I want to have your sports bros. And then uh, Ryan Buckley is back today.
5: Wow.
4: can
2: you believe that. Ryan Buckley is back. 12 weeks of paternity leave. Wow. Yeah, And he's back. Now, uh, why I said things are looking up for our Xander bet is that um, we were just talking that d guy. Never heard of him. He's leading the Farmer's
6: Insurance Open. He was pretty successful on, uh, what is it, the TP tour? What's the one that they play? I don't know. What? What? What's the what's the, the the Asian fair? tour that they play? Oh, the Asian tour?
2: I don't know. It's called like TP or something like that. Yeah, all right. Well, anyway, he's leading this tournament. He's the only guy left up over or who is better than 10 under. He was 11 under. And we said, uh, so our Shoffley bet, we bet him. He's now down to plus 1,600, by the way. He is at seven under Shoffley. Tomorrow's the final round. We said we need Dietrich to make a bogey on the last hole, right? We need, we need him to come back to 10. Well, he just put it in the water. Hell yeah, he did. Let's go. Let's go. Virtual lock tomorrow.
6: Love it. Things are looking up.
2: Go, Xander. All right, well... Like I said, Suke's back on Monday. Good to have Buck back. Uh, we have Joey Harrington coming up here in about 25 minutes for his uh, weekly visit. We'll talk to him about um, just I want to talk to him about the quarterback, the way we talk about quarterbacks like Josh Allen and, um, you know, guys not being able to get get over hump over the hump versus guys that are, you know, just how we talk about quarterbacks has to be infuriating to him. a guy who played the position.
6: Yeah, I'm so sure I, for, I wanna, and for many quarterbacks. Yeah, I just he's probably just. By the way, it was the DP World Tour that I was looking for. Okay. D three plays on that or had played on that.
2: You were close. Yeah, not really. Um, so that'll be five thirty. Robin the bank. Our picks against the spread coming up next. Uh, if you didn't hear Sook's picks yesterday, we've got those, Ooh. and then uh, Buckley and I will make ours. I'm
6: about to go all Keishawn Bute Yeah, you are. He was the LSU kid. Yeah, eighty so, nine hundred bets. Wow. Over, over like over, over how long? So basically, what it came out to, someone did the math: twenty three bets a day. That's insane! Wow. Yeah, I that, mean that that's volume, worse than you, way worse than me. And, and I, he was a he was a college I, football I go player. High volume, low stakes, but yeah, and and apparently included hundreds of thousands of dollars in wagers. But wait, he was a college football player, LSU, and he bet on six games that he was playing in. Oh dear! And he was underage for all eighty nine hundred bets.
2: Oh. <laughs> and he did it all under his own name.
6: Uh, it was. I mean, like terrible handles like boute Seven. <laughs> what I mean, like, I mean, like basically, clearly associated with his name. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh. Anyway, uh, Robin the bank is next. Then we'll have Club Ten Eighty Six to Seven. Right now, the hot
4: five at five. Oh, hot topics, hot opinions. Oh,
1: golly, I'm
4: hot today. And hot air. It's time for the Hot Five at Five. It's hot. The Hot Five at Five on prime time with Isaac and Sue. No, I mean
1: it. That's very hot.
4: The Hot Five at Five with Isaac and Sue, brought to you on the fan by Victorico's Mexican Food, the most popular burrito spot in Oregon. Online at Victoricos.com Number <laughs> five. Number five. Number five. The suddenly
2: warming. Portland Trailblazers take the roadshow to San Antonio tonight. A little bit later tip, I think 6.30. Spurs have just eight wins, but they've got that really tall guy
6: who's supposed to be good. Wemby's going to eat tonight.
2: Yeah, you got a prop bet on that, do you? Maybe we'll wait for next segment, I'll tell you. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Uh, The Blazers have won three of five. Probably should be four of five, really. Uh, now the Ducks uh, have taken the outright lead in the Pac-12 after they thumped Arizona State last night, and uh, look at the Beeves stunning Arizona. So that gives Oregon the outright lead in the league. And next up for Dana Altman's crew is a home showdown with number nine Arizona tomorrow on Fox, and we'll have it here on the Fan, two uh, thirty. Uh, Dan Lanning and his team will be recognized at halftime of that game. Oh, so, that's right, Ducks by a million. Also, as you mentioned, Oregon State Baseball has declined to join the West Coast Conference. They will play an independent schedule beginning in 2025. Yeah, I like that for them. We like that for them. Yeah, that's a good move.
4: Number four.
2: They have the cachet. They can do it. Probably play some pretty cool games, too, you know. They don't want to play, you know, UP. St. Mary's. More trouble for WWE dirtbag Vince McMahon. Ew. Yeah, this guy. This this stuff.
6: He's awful. Yeah, I mean, I, I think people have thought he's awful for a while, but the details of some of this stuff is kind of nasty. Boy, Dietrich looks suicidal. He made a double
2: bogey there. and You'd think someone shot his dog. He's still only one back. Uh, what was I telling you? Oh, uh... McMahon has been sued by a former WWE employee who alleges he offered her to a wrestler for sex. She also says McMahon forced her into a sexual relationship in order to keep her job, and he passed around X-rated videos of her to other men. Now, she did sign an NDA with him, but claims she only got $1 million of the $3 million that was offered to her for signing
6: it. Uh, McMahon, of course, says he'll vigorously defend himself. Of course he does. He couldn't that guy needs anything he's wrong. just die.
4: Number three.
6: I think with all the, the steroids he's pumped that maybe it would be time for that, but I don't uh, know. No kidding. Have you seen him lately? Yeah. it's a balloon animal.
2: <laughs> he does look like a balloon animal. Uh, Seahawks are one of two teams without a head coach, the other being Washington. The word is Dan Quinn, who met with uh, Seattle yesterday for a second interview. He is going to meet with the Commander's Brass next week for a third time. Uh, the other guys we know who have gotten second interviews in Seattle are Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka, Panthers defensive coordinator A Hero Ivero, hope I'm pronouncing that right, and Raiders defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. Mike Vrabel is also still sitting out there, but ah, um, oh, there's a birdie. Damn it, Jaeger made a birdie, so he's 11 under. Boo, boo. So we're four, but we're officially four back going into tomorrow. Okay, we can do it. Of course, we can. I tell you what. Xander can, at least.
6: Is there a, is there a prop bet on d to shoot a 90? Because he's going to shoot a 90. Oh, I'm sure we could find props on d Let you know in the break.
4: Number two. Number two. Number two.
6: Number two. Jerome Moore is the new coach at uh, Michigan.
2: But we knew this. We knew they'd hired him. He was the uh, offensive line slash um, offensive coordinator who took over for Jim Harbaugh in the interim when Harbaugh was suspended. Harbaugh was suspended two different times, four games. Yeah. <laughs> but Marone, uh, Sh- Marone, my Sharona went uh, 4-0. And so he has been hired as the new head coach. It is a five-year deal. Uh, round three of the Farmers. Let me pull it up here. I don't know these guys' names. Uh, Stefan Jager, Jager 11 like He's 11-under. He takes the uh, third-round lead. They are done for the day. Uh, The Frenchman, Mathieu Pavon, is among those He's 10-under with uh, Nikolai Hogard. And then uh, 9-under, a bunch of guys you won't know. Derby, Pendrith, Crow. I mean, this is a mess of a... We need... It's a a real mess. Xander needs to win this for the just for golf, not just us.
6: Otherwise, we're going to be forced to know names like Trace Crow and Jake Knapp.
2: Yeah, we can't have that. No. Number
6: one.
2: Number one. Shoffley's seven under. He's t ten. That's where Tony Finau is. Huh? Didn't notice that. Is that lay Oh, no, Can'tley dropped off, too. Anyway, uh, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, Lamar Jackson's favorite target, tight end Mark Andrews. Remember him? He's been activated from the IR. He is expected to play Sunday against the Chiefs, so a big get uh, for Baltimore just in time for the Chiefs game. Uh, that one kicks at noon. Then we have Niners-Lions, 330 NFC Championship. Uh, San Francisco receiver Debo Samuel is off the injury report, and they are saying he is good to go for the Niners. Uh, there is your Hot 5 at 5 it is brought to you by Victorico's Mexican food the most popular burrito spot in Oregon order now at victoricos.com We will have a segment we like to call Roppin the Bank coming up next Our picks in Sunday's NFL games next it's 514 on the Fan
3: Listen up I won't sugarcoat it This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen but we're not alone We've got Instacart
4: Isaac and Suke are ready to predict this week's college and NFL outcomes with their usual laser-like accuracy.
2: How about if I take your money and kick you in the balls three times? No, is that a fair
4: deal? A deep dive on the games that matter and some that don't. Football is football. Football is football. This is Roppin' the Bank with Isaac and Sue on 1080. Somebody's making money. The Fan.
2: All right, Joey Harrington coming up next. You know, he played for the Lions. I don't know if you guys know that. And they could be going to the Super Bowl. So we'll uh, discuss all of that with him in our next segment. Okay, Rob in the Bank. I'm looking here at the numbers. Nothing great has occurred this season from any of us. Nope. Nope. No one um, hasn't. Big Zook is leading the way. He is plus seven units. His record is 32 and 33. But he hit two 10-unit plays while you were away. Ooh. Yeah. So he's the only one in the positive. Uh, I am 24 and 24, minus 17 units. Mm-hmm. I just lost a 10-uniter last week Oof. on the Niners. Uh, Buckley, 48, 54, <laughs> and 1,
6: minus 37 no! units. God.
2: Shikes. I
6: thought it was like minus 20-ish. Maybe it was at one point. It's
2: not going well. Nope. And it's then Schultzy six seven and one minus ten units, and uh, Will Ortner two and four minus three units. I mean, there is nothing good in there. <laughs> what? I mean, nothing. So we, uh, but you know, that's the beauty of gambling. We just keep we keep going. And by the way, I think we've already given you a lock in live betting Xander Schaaf. Oh, I the think Farmer. so. He is now plus fourteen hundred. That that number just keeps coming down. Everybody's betting that thing. So I have Sook's picks. He 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 put them in yesterday. They were on the air, so they are verifiable. Um, Sook will be on Baltimore minus four over Kansas City, and he will be on San Francisco minus seven over uh, Detroit. Those are five unit plays for the big zucchini. Okay. Um, I you know I'm gonna do something kind of different, and it's probably gonna bite me in the ass. But uh, starting with Baltimore, Kansas City, since that's the first game, uh-huh. uh, I am going to take the Baltimore money line, which right now is basically plus, or uh, it's uh, minus 200, essentially. So I'm going to bet 10 units to win five on Baltimore to win the game. Okay. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to come back with a teaser and I'm going to take Kansas City. Tease them up to 10. Yep. And I'm going to put that with the Niners at minus one and a half. And that's going to be a five-point or a five-unit teaser.
6: I literally have the exact same play as a five-unit teaser. So we, we are in lockstep on that. I do not think Mahomes and company get beat by double digits. Right. I think the Niners find a way to victory, whether it's to cover the full spread or not. Right. I think I, I'm definitely on that teaser.
2: Okay. Yeah. And the, the other thing I was going to do, well, the other thing I did do. Was I took the Niners minus six and a half, <clears throat> minus six and a half when it first came out. But I see that that line is now seven and a half.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: We gave Souk seven because it was seven when he, when he put it in yesterday on the right. show. But it is now seven and a half. And I am not, I don't want to lay that. So I'm just going to lay off of that one. I already have it in my DraftKings account. But for the sake of the show, I'm going to try to hit a middle. I'm going to I'm going to take Baltimore to win, but Kansas City to cover the ten, mm-hmm. and then we just need the Niners to win by o, by two or more, and then we're golden. Um, you know, look to me, the Chiefs—they've looked a lot better offensively the last two weeks, but it was against a Dolphins defense that was missing nine starters, and it was bitter cold, and it was a banged up Bills defense that I don't know—they just they can't stop Kansas City no matter who they have back there. Uh, you know, basically both teams were pulling linebackers off of couches. So this Ravens team is just different. They have not given up over twenty points since week
6: fourteen. This this these defenses are really good.
2: Yeah. They're strong and the Ravens are strong at every level. Yeah. Now, that said, I think because of Patrick Mahomes and Steve Spagnolo, Casey will I think they'll keep it close. I think Spags will adjust to Lamar and keep him contained. Um and, of course, Mahomes, you can never count him out. So we've got this has backdoor written all over it, mm-hmm. and we're getting 10 yeah. on the teaser. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do that, but I think uh, Baltimore wins. I've got Baltimore 27, Kansas City 20. The Chiefs' final drive will fall short thanks to a miko Hardman <laughs> fumble out of the end zone.
6: I was actually looking for an under prop on his receptions, but that got all the way to uh, minus 200 for under one and a half.
2: Oh, really? So, so they they just
6: don't trust him? No. Basically? All right. So that's what I'm doing on that game. What do you got? On that game, um, so I'm, I'm with you on that teaser. I wanted to also do – so we talked about these defenses a lot. So I'm going to take the under in KC Baltimore. It's 44-and-a-half. I think for a lot of the reasons we talked about that there's going to be some cat and mouse, I think that the Ravens really like to – Use clock and they like to k- play ball control. I think on defense they're going to try to do things that force KC into some audibles. I think we're going to get a lot of running the football in this game too. And both these defenses, as we've seen, are great. So give me under forty-four and a half in that game. How many? Um, four units on that, please. Then I'd also I'm going to take <laughs> I'm also going to take Baltimore first <laughs> half minus two and a half. I think oh. we talked about this earlier as well that they come out and script the, the beginning of their games as well as anybody. Lamar is insane against the spread. He's almost 70% against the spread in the first half. So uh, give me the Ravens minus 2.5 in the first half, also four units on that one. And then um, I do have uh, a couple props in that game. No yeah. interception from Lamar Jackson. That's even money, three units. Wow, all right. And I will take um, Patrick Mahomes with a long run over 12 and a half yards, three units. Really? It feels like he always gets a third and 13 or gets flushed out. And this time of year, he's way more willing to run, whether it's up the middle or rolling out. I just think we get one of those.
2: So over 12 and a half yards, one single run? Yeah, that his longest, longest run will r- be
6: over 12 and a half yards. Three unis? Yeah.
2: All right, I like it. All right, Detroit, San Francisco. Now, to me, the elixir for Brock Purdy's playoff struggles is no rain and the Detroit
6: secondary. Yep. Their secondary is terrible.
2: And I and I really don't understand why Aaron Glenn, uh, their defensive coordinator, keeps getting mentioned for these jobs. Like, their defense is not – it's just not good. Yeah, I, it's a I know, peculiar. I know they stopped the run, but um, they gave up almost 400 yards to Nick Mullins. Matt Stafford torched him for 360. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield went up and down the field on him for 350. I think the Lions are a good story. But that defense is not going to the Super Bowl. The Niners are number one in um, offensive yards per play. Detroit is number three. That's a wash. The Niners are number eight in yards per play given up on defense. Detroit, 28th. And there is your difference. Also, Goff is back outdoors. And... We we mentioned this earlier, but the Lions have only played one game outside since week 11. And in that game, they only scored 13 points. So their scoring average goes from 5th in the NFL to 14th when they're outdoors. I think Jared Goff is going to get warmed up by the Niners' pass rush. And on the other side, Brock Purdy should have a field day. And I think that opens up the run game. The other element of this game, why I really like San Francisco, is I thought that the bye teams, the Ravens and Niners, were flat last week i thought they were both yeah. rusty right and because remember both of those teams locked up the the bye before week 17 so they didn't play many of their starters in week 17 so they had been off for
6: three weeks yep and people thought that that they might be rusty and and that that would could be what gave the Packers a chance, plus the elements.
2: Well, I thought the Packers played great. Sometimes yeah.
6: you got to give the other team credit. For sure,
2: I, I just thought the Niners, the Niners were flat. They were off, and it took them. A, they were very off, and it took them a while to get warmed up. The Ravens got warmed up in the second half, but I just don't think that's going to happen again with San Francisco. I think they got a mulligan, and they're going to use it. Uh, I love taking really good teams like the Niners off of bad performances. Uh, this game could be close for a while, but to me, the Niners will put their foot on their throat. And they will win this game 38-24. to 24. But, like I said, I don't have a... I'm not laying the 7.5. Why, why am I not laying this? You know what? What the hell?
6: <laughs> I was going to say, I did, not, I did not have Niners 7.5 because I'm putting them in that tease at 1.5. You have talked me into Niners minus 7.5 today. I will be taking it if you yeah. don't or if you do.
2: No, I'm going to take it. I okay. don't care.
6: Let's go. <laughs> I got it at
2: 6.5. Why would I not bet it at seven and a half? I think they're going to win by double digits. I'm going to do uh, five unis. That leaves my last 10-unit play to be the Super Bowl. Ooh. So.
6: And you could put that on anything. There's like 700 bets on the Super Bowl. That's true. All right.
0: So. Y-
7: you I, have
6: anything else over there? I With, I will. coachies. I will now ride with you on uh, Niners minus seven and a half. Didn't go into the day thinking I would take that. I have been talked into it and convinced. So I'll do that for four units. The other element that you talked about, them exposing the Detroit secondary, I think is easy money. I'm going to take the Niners team total over 29 and a half, also for four units. And then I've got a couple props in that game as well. Okay. Three units each. We talked about the receivers who could feast. Give me Kittle over 61.5 receiving yards. And give me Ayuk over 80.5 receiving yards. I think Debo plays a violent style, still banged up, may not play the whole game. Uh, so I'll take those two props. Wait, what's the second one? Brandon Ayuk over 80.5. Oh. 80 and a half. That's right. How do you spell IUK? A I Y U K. Oh, damn it! Hold on.
2: <laughs> You're such a pain in the ass. I know. Will you go back to paternity
6: leave? I know, and I'm going to be even more of a pain in the ass because, as referenced in the previous segment, I'll be taking Wemby to feast on the Blazers tonight. <laughs> over 24 and a half points. What? Two units on that, and one unit on Xander at 20 Wait to a one. Hold on. <laughs> You're on that. God. One. <laughs> I-U-K over what? 80 and a half for Yard, how much? 3 3 <sighs> Yeah, I know. I'm a I'm a huge pain. Uh, Wemby, over 24 and a half. All right. For 3? For 2. 2 Woof. And, and our then, and our guy Xander, one unit at 20 to 1. I'll we'll make back 20 <laughs> if he Why wins I the Why you giving you 20 uh, whatever. If if you, you cl- want to give me the 18. If I don't you care. claim that, <laughs>
2: I'm claiming the 18 when we win.
6: That's a lock.
2: <laughs> I love that though. Let's do that. Suk will be pissed. We're like, yeah, you're now down 20 units. He'd be like, "What the hell?"
6: Yeah, yeah well, if we, if we both have
2: good weeks and we hit that one, yeah, we're gonna we have clean a, it up. We're gonna have fat DraftKings accounts on oh, Monday, yeah. bitch. All right, that's wrapping the bank. Enough goofing off. Joey Harrington joins us for some very serious sports talk coming up next, and uh, that is when we return. Okay, here's uh, Buck Sports Center.
8: Story time with Joey on 1080 the fan.
2: All right, football Fridays with Joey Harrington winding down. Soon to be story time. Here is our man, former Lions quarterback. His Lions with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. We talked about that last week. Uh, How are you? you Hold on.
8: We we talked about the Super Bowl, and we talked about his Lions. Your Lions. I don't because. So okay, let's let's go ahead and like (laughs) address this thing. Head on. No, no, no. We don't need to walk it back. Ah, like, okay. But like I am happy for the Lions. Mm-hmm. I am very happy for the city of Detroit. They deserve it. They they need it, you know. But um I would I would very I would be very hesitant to say they were my lions. I know. Um
2: I'm just being me. I'm sorry.
8: I know. You're just for dramatic effect.
2: Yeah, it's a complicated Um, relationship, you and the Lions. I I get it. You you know what stuck out to me last week when we talked about this, for those that weren't here last week, and you you were very good about, and very honest, I thought, about your feelings about that city and, and the Lions, was when you said when you came back to play in Detroit after having left, they mocked you by showing you playing the piano. <laughs> on the big screen, that that says all you need to know about Detroit, right there. Well, the the the, the irony is like the me
8: playing the piano was such a horrible, like terrible thing. Yes. Meanwhile, like they celebrate Motown. It's <laughs> yeah. like music, and it's like wait, wait a minute. Like so, I I don't apparently like if you're a quarterback, you aren't supposed to do other things. But um <laughs> no, it, it was yeah, it is a complicated relationship because it, in, in any anytime you give literally a hundred percent of yourself to a place, a team, an organization, and it doesn't work out, you know, it, it, it's frustrating. Um, I, I think when you couple that with the history of Detroit, of, of which I truly had no knowledge of, of how bad it was um, which you couple that with um, my naive, to I mean, lack of a better word, yeah, approach to to coming into the NFL, um, you know, combined with you know <laughs> the death threats on voicemail, you know, like it, it just like everything kind of came to a head to a point where it was like, all right, well, this is toxic and we're done. Um, and, and yeah, for a while I was, I was bitter. I was, I was really bitter because, um, cause I gave everything right. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's one of those things where time heals wounds, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you have the perspective to the life experience now to say, you know what, it's okay to say I, I failed. Like, it's okay to say I gave it everything that I had and I failed. That doesn't make you bad. That doesn't make you any different. You know, it just means that it it didn't work out. And I can still be happy for that city that did they handle things the right way? No. Mm. But in the same way that I didn't always handle things the right way, like, they wanted a winner and and now they got one.
2: Well,
8: Um, and and that's cool. It is cool.
2: It's fun. Although I'm a little, uh, I don't know. It's kind of confusing to me because, you know, I think we all like Dan Campbell. That's, that's, that's one element of them that anybody,
8: anybody who doesn't like their kneecaps does, you
2: know, but I just think, you know, blue collar is everywhere. Like I just don't, I don't know if I buy the, Oh, it's, you know, the blue collar city and we, that's, we just relate to blue collar is everywhere. Go to rural Oregon, you know, anywhere. And, and so I just, I, I'm kind of a little, maybe it's just the lovable loser thing with the Lions. They've just lost for so long that we're pulling for them, but I, I am not necessarily as gung ho about them in rooting for them as everyone else is, but maybe that's just me. The, <laughs>
8: it's so funny because I, I texted a couple of friends who were uh, that were in Detroit with me, um, you know, who just happened, you know, people that i had met at Oregon and um, had just happened to be living there. And, and we were, you know, still our friends, but we we're in the town at the same time. And I was texting with them and their responses were very similar, like in, in that they still are the, not rooting for the line. Like they still have that, like, you know I was about to say something that I probably couldn't have been on air but like um <laughs> they, yeah they have very similar feelings as you in that it's like that's that's garbage like I don't I don't buy it yeah um it's weird so eh, yeah everybody to each their own that's right. right
2: that's right but that leads us into something that I did want to bring up today and it's funny you, you mentioned you know uh, just sort of it didn't work out well it's not all your fault okay so it's like it's I look at Jared Goff and I and he's a hero there. But he's a hero, and look, he's he's playing well. I'm not taking anything away from him. But he's a hero there because they have a damn good team. and they and they and they finally found a good coach, right? So he is in many ways, he's he's obviously a big part of that team golf. But he's, He's benefited from the winning, and now they they laud him as this big hero, whereas if you were with them and they were winning, you would be the hero. And if he were in your shoes back when you were there and the team sucked, he would probably suck, and then he would get run out of town, right? It's like that's what I wanted to talk about with you today is just this idea, in, and we did this with Josh Allen last week. You know, that's a quarterback that can't get over the hump. It must drive you crazy when we debate quarterbacks and we talk about legacies like yours or Goff or Allen or whoever, because it's, we boil it down to that one position when the reality is there's so many other factors that's got to drive you insane.
8: Yes, ish. Sure. Like you can, it's a team game. I mean, that's, that's, that is a very true statement. And the fact that you know, Panaisul is is going to be arguably the greatest offensive lineman to ever play in Detroit, you know that he's got him in front of him. Be, you know, the you know, Jameer Gibbs and the rookie of the year, the the one two punch of Montgomery and Amon Ross St. Brown like, sure, like Laporta becoming you know, as a rookie having the impact that he that he has. Dan Campbell, like sure they, they caught lightning in a the bottle. They got a great team. But how many times has have you seen and whether it's you know let's let's use let's use the josh allen patrick mahomes comparison simply because it's it's top of mind how many times have you seen the josh allen the guy who puts up stats the guy who takes his team you know to a certain level get to that point and come up short Mm -hmm. versus and and conversely i should say how many teams have we seen the how many times have we seen the Patrick Mahomes or the Tom Brady or the Joe Montana or the whoever John Elway name the person seemingly will their team to a win even when it looks like they were going to lose So yes is it a team game sure but at a certain point the Great ones have a way of I won't say single-handedly, you know, pushing their team over the top, but but how to put how else to put my finger on it, right? You know, what was the difference between me and Eugene? versus me and anywhere else in the NFL, right? Like, I had a way of, and it wasn't always, you know, I had a way of, in the second half, fourth quarter, like, literally grabbing people by the face mask and saying, get on board, we're going. And then, because I wasn't a huge statistical guy. Mm -hmm. Like, I wasn't, you know, and and that was never my, my strong suit. So there is a certain, and and. Look, I will be the first to say that i benefited like crazy from Mo Morris and Ontario Smith and Justin Peel. But there is something just an intangible thing about a quarterback who can do that. And and that's the thing like and so that that's one side of things. Okay. The other thing too is is we talk about Jared Goff and I, and I don't think that he has truly gotten the credit that he has deserved. You know, similarly to you will put somebody on a pedestal and say Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback in the history of the world because he continues to win. Well, sure. There are also guys where you'll say, oh, man, he's just stats and, you know, God, he can't actually get it done. You know, he's benefiting from everybody else around him. If I'm not mistaken, Jared Goff is over the last since he's been traded to Detroit. Let's say that what top three in passing yards, touchdown to interception ratio, QB you know rating. I mean, pick, pick your metric. He's been at the top. He's 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 literally been in that statistical discussion of or the statistical realm of the Josh Allen's and the Mahomes, but nobody's given him the credit. Why? I, I don't know. I mean, he he helped. He, he's been in a Super Bowl before. Yeah. Right. Jared Goff took the Rams to the Super Bowl. Oh well, he you know he just benefited from having everybody else around, even from Aaron Donald. Well, I, at a certain point, the guy's got to get some credit too. So I think it, it goes it goes both ways. Right. In that, yes, the quarterback can get too much credit, and. A quarterback can also be really special in, in motivating and and bringing a team together. And conversely, a quarterback can get not enough credit in a situation where, you know what, he's been pretty damn good for a long time.
2: No, it's definitely true. Goff, he was labeled. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people, we like to do this with quarterbacks. We put them in a box and we put it on the shelf and we don't revisit it. Whereas right. with most of them... You know that changes. It's it's always shifting and evolving. And he's he's a great example of that. Now, okay, we have to break. You 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 gave me so much to chew on there. I think I have an answer. You you asked what was the difference what? between Joey Harrington at Oregon and Joey Harrington with the Lions, right? At, at Oregon, you had that magic. At, in Detroit, you did not. I have. I think you an answer. Answer to that. I think I have an answer. And I'm going to run Where it by you 20 years ago. <laughs> well, I, it goes to my point of, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you next. Are you, uh, you're, you're probably nice. waiting with bated breath.
8: So I was going to say that that is an incredible tease yes. for the next segment. That's yeah. what we call it in the industry, a tease.
2: I love, I love it. We'll be right back with Joey Harrington, courtesy of Mods PDX. The future of building is here.
0: As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites.
7: Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west.
3: I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life. Baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
8: Story time with
2: Joey on 1080 The Fan. All right, we're back with Joey Harrington, and uh, we're talking about quarterbacks. And getting labeled and too much credit and, you know, sort of singular storylines with quarterbacks when there's so much more to it than just that position. And you said, last segment, you said, what is the difference between Joey Harrington at Oregon who had that magic? You 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 could summon it. You could drive your team down and win a game like a Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes do in the NFL. And then in Detroit, it wasn't there. Two words to answer that. This is just what I think. The difference uh, between... Words. Yeah, I've got two words. The difference between Joey Oregon and Oregon, Joey and Detroit, confidence is the first word, and the second yeah. word is support. And this is kind of my whole point of the Brady and Mahomes. Brady and Mahomes are special. They're just... They're superstar. They're another level north of the Matt Stafford or uh, Josh Allen or Jared Goff. But also on the support element of it, they've all three, you add Montana, yeah, all three of those greats have had elite hall of fame coaches too. Right. So I just don't think it's as simple as, you know, a guy can just will his team to a win at the quarterback position. I think there's much more to it. What do you think? What do you think of my answer? I think that,
8: at a basic level you're right ah. you know the the difference ah, there you go and, and now the segment's over. Goodbye See Thank ya. you coming up next on the club yeah confidence is the biggest factor in all that, and we've talked about it before like like there is I was not the i mean I was a shell of myself my last year in Detroit as I, you know, compared to my senior year in college. And I think that comes from support, right? Support of your teammates in situations where you're not playing your best. Support of coaches' organization to put you in situations in which you can play your best, right? There was this. And it's and it's very it's cyclical, right? So, I didn't step in. I didn't step onto the field in in Eugene. Well, I guess in Tempe, Arizona. And no, not Tempe. Excuse me, Tucson. Um, and I didn't step on as the most confident, supported person in the you know in in Eugene. I stepped in as a sophomore, coming in at halftime at a, in a game we were down a couple of touchdowns. Right, and so I came back. You know, helped bring the team back, and we won in overtime. And then same thing, get put in against Arizona State the next week at at Otson. We go down fifty seconds, and you know Marshawn Tucker in the front corner of the end zone. But now all of a sudden, I've got that confidence, right? Mm-hmm. And I've got the confidence so that the following week, eh, maybe a couple weeks later, against Cal when I played like, you know, dog turd in the first half, my teammates around me knew, okay, if we can just get to this point, or maybe, you know, maybe they knew, maybe they didn't, maybe I'm just making up a narrative, but they carried it, right? The defense said, offense, you're struggling, you know, uh, we got your back. And so they carried us to the point where we were close in the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden I had the confidence, again. right? Ah, I'm just going to go do it. Right. It's this really interesting situation where if you're a quarterback and you have demonstrated that special ability people around you in the sit in the moments when you're not on top of the world they they got your back mm-hmm. like they play it, it it raises the level of play of everybody else around you when they believe that their quarterback has the single-handed ability to change the game right oh if i can just get him i can't tell you how many times i was playing like Uh, again, use another fecal adjective and the defense, you know, Don Pelham or Rashad Bowman comes up to me, We got your back. We're going to get you the ball, you know, just, you know, Hey, we're going to get it to you. We're going to get it to you because what they were saying to me is, Hey, I I know that if I can just keep this in striking distance, I'm going to give you the ball at the end of the fourth quarter, then we win, Mm -hmm. right. And so it's this really interesting chicken or the egg. Like does the support of your coaches and teammates breed confidence And consequently, confidence makes you play better. And then you make these spectacular plays at the end of the game, which then breed confidence in your teammates so that they support you in those times when you're not playing well. Like it's this really cyclical thing that I don't know other than just like going out and, and, and chucking it and seeing where the chips fall. I don't know how you necessarily start that. Right. Where does that, that, and that's the thing is, is what's the difference between me at Oregon and me in, in Detroit Hey, I, I I checked it just the same, you know, at least for the first couple of years, but it didn't work out, and so there wasn't that confidence, and so be, without that confidence, and because it didn't work out, then there wasn't that support, and when I didn't have that support, and the got right. people around me didn't raise their level of play in the times when I was playing poorly, then I wasn't put in a situation in the fourth quarter to have those moments, which then then bring more confidence in myself and more support from my teammates, right, <laughs> and so. But it, it, I, And I wish, I wish that somebody could figure out what, like, how it all works, other than, sometimes, you know, in which well, you just kind of, I don't know, that I'm, goes,
2: I, I'm rambling now. Well, I, I know what you're saying, there, but that goes back to, you know, sort of my, my point about the elite quarterbacks all have elite coaches in common. In other words, that support can't be there unless you have that environment fostered by the coaches and players. Or that support can't be there unless you have um, Bill Belichick or Andy Reid. I mean, is Patrick Mahomes, the Patrick Mahomes we know, if he is not paired with Andy Reid? Is Tom, Bra- Tom Brady's a better example. Sixth-round pick, you know, he gets so gets hurt, he gets thrown in, he becomes the greatest quarterback of all time. Is he, if that situation doesn't arise, you know, sometimes it's just circumstance, right? And yours wasn't a good one.
8: Yeah. Mine and, and, and a thousand yeah. others. Like, that's the, that's the and thing. And Goss was. Is, yeah, and Goss yeah. was.
2: And so that's that's it. And that's why it's annoying these quarterback conversations. Like, this guy's good, this guy's not. Is Josh Allen, is he any worse than Patrick Mahomes, or is Josh Allen not had an elite coach? I mean, I, I guess you got to say Patrick Mahomes obviously is better because of the results, but I think some of that is support. That's that support element, and with the support comes confidence. Wow! Look, look at me. That's very, I. It's, therapist. Wow! I'm a therapist. Like it,
8: that, that's I know. I was like going to say, like that's really the first time I've had that like laid out in that form, where it's like you know when I ask the question, so what's the difference? And you're like, well,
2: it's a coach. Here, yeah, oh. here's what it is. Well, I just I think 95% of quarterbacks fall into that category where it's really going to be about. What's around like Alex Smith, another example that comes to mind, you know, all these different offensive coordinators for seven or eight years. And then all of a sudden he stabilizes why Andy Reid, right? And that was the number one pick. I mean, the guy had it. It just, his circumstance and his support wasn't there. And I just, and you had that. And I think most guys do that now there are, there are a handful of guys that are just special and maybe Patrick Mahomes is one of those. Um, And he is the Patrick Mahomes that we know if he is, you know, if he's been in Carolina the whole time, I don't know. Doesn't seem like it to me, but um, it's just a lot more complicated than the quarterback debates that we like to have. So, and I'm as guilty as anybody being a sports talk nerd. So we need to be better about that. That's why we have I'm going to be
8: spinning. I'm going to be like I'm like the little gerbil up in the brain is going to be running around all evening.
2: Now, I have one more question. Okay. Uh, um, Go. And this is this pertains to something we're talking about. Okay, so. Tom Brady, like there are certain guys that when their team needs to drive down and get the game winning or game tying score, they get it. Like you said, it's just, they just do it. Brady, Mahomes. Okay, take us inside a game winning drive. You played the position. Is it, is it different the game winning drive is it are there other considerations in other words turnovers are you thinking about that are you letting it rip is it is is it so many reps in practice that you just have to replicate what you've practiced like what what is it like to administer a game winning drive or try
8: i think the first thing that that you experience is this really interesting juxtaposition of what is happening on the outside, right? So let's say you're on the road and there's 75,000 people literally just screaming at you, like trying to make it so you can't hear anything. But internally you have to be calm, Mm -hmm. focused, right? So there's this really interesting inside, outside feeling that starts with, and in the moments when you could capture it, like it's just this <sighs> confidence is just is, is a, it's too bland of a word. There's, there's, there's a, you feel like you can just harness all that energy. You feel like in the moments when you need it, you can, you can channel it. And you feel like in the moments when you don't need it, you can block it out. You're thinking clearly you you. Yeah. There are times when, when you have to, when you say to yourself, I gotta, I gotta try and force this one. I got to try and put it in a tight window and I know exactly where it is. But at the same time, you, you say, if I do miss this, I know exactly where I'm going to miss it. Right. It's, it's knowing a lot of times what happens is the defense will start saying, I just don't, don't give up the big play. Don't give up the big play. Right. Right. So you can take it, and you can take it, and you can take the quick out, and you can take the slant, and you can take right, and you get a rhythm, and now you got rhythm, and now you got energy, and now you got confidence, and now you're rolling, and now you got them in their heels, and you take a shot. Like there's, it's it's really one of the coolest feelings in all of sports, right? Whether it's the the game winning shot, you know that last second, that last second ball. <laughs> that you throw and, you know, it's the mic drop. Like, thanks so much, and I'm out. Like, I've told you before, I remember, I clearly remember 750 left Tom, 757 throwback. Marshawn Tucker was the split on, on the right side, and he ran a post-corner route to the east end zone at Autzen you know, call it a 30-yard line going in, and I hit him for the touchdown with a couple seconds left, and I stood there, and I don't know why, but I just did a 360, and I turned around, and I looked at Opsen, and I was like, man, this is frickin' cool. <laughs> hmm. And I just got that snapshot in my mind. So there cool. are very few feelings like it, yeah.
2: yeah. I bet. Yeah, so, okay, that's interesting. So now what you're saying is that guys like Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes... They do have a little something that they can harness, right? That it, maybe it's mental. It's more mental than physical, but it's it's they can calm themselves in those in those moments, whereas maybe a Baker Mayfield can't. Or Baker Mayfield just isn't very good. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Well, good topic, good conversation. I love it. Man. Yeah, that was good. Okay. Thank now, you. like
8: I said, I'm going to be thinking, like, God, yeah. would things have been different if if I'd ended up with Dick Vermeule? Dick Vermeule.
2: I think they would. Hmm. They'd be a great offense.
8: Those are my so, – so let's see. Who are my options? My options coming out yeah, of the draft were Marty Mornowag in Detroit. Yeah, um, I think Cincinnati was still um, – Oh, for crying out loud. What year? It was Chad Johnson. Oh, for crying out loud. Chad and TJ and um, oh, Marvin, Marvin Lewis. Um, that could have been a good one. Marvin Lewis could have been a good one. Buffalo. I can't remember who was in Buffalo. Was um, this 2002? Washington. Then? Washington was Steve Spurrier and Kansas City was Dick Vermeil. Yep, Those were the coaches.
2: Spurrier, Washington. That didn't last long. No. Nope. Vermeer would have been great. And Yeah, Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about Hall of Famer Joey Harrington, right? Oof,
8: man. <laughs> yeah, but I had to live the rest of my life in Cincinnati, and I don't know that
2: I would really <laughs> want that. <laughs> That's true. All right. Have a good one. We love you. Thank you. See you, buddy. I right. love you too. That's Joey Harrington, courtesy of Mons PDX. The future of building is here. The club is next on The fan.